0: worship this morning. Hopefully you're at home and you have your own copy of God's Word today or you're here in the room. There's a few of us here as we will be looking in the Bible at Second Chronicles chapter 7 verses 12 through 22. You can again download today's uh, fill-in notes online at our website on the same page that you can watch the live stream. It's just right below that or you can follow along on the YouVersion app today as well. So this morning as we are looking in God's word I know that there's a question that I've had and one of those is what are we to do now? Because there's been so many things happen over this last week, a lot of new ways of doing things, there's been stores closes, closing, there's been things that we cannot find, there's been responses that we did not expect. And so we're looking at a world crisis, not just natural, national crisis, and wondering, what are we to do? Especially as children of God, as born-again Christians, how are we to respond to this? Obviously, we're to have faith, we're to have hope. But many questions have come up. Some people have been wondering, is this the ushering end of the end times? Some people have said it's a curse upon all of the world because of their behavior. Some have said it's just a natural occurrence of sin. In the Garden of Eden, we sinned. There was a a failure there that created these things, and this is just a natural thing that's going to happen. Many people have asked why. They've asked why in the world is this going on? Why is this happening? Where did it come from? Did it come from an animal or or a laboratory? Many of us have probably heard these different stories about what is going on. But there's one thing that we know for sure. It's here. And we're all experiencing it. The difference with this than any other thing that has happened in the past, like 9-11, that happened in New York City. That happened long ways from Flowery Branch in Oakwood, Georgia. And so here we are now with it happening and affecting our homes, our lives, and our churches. So what are we to do? I can tell you we have a vital res- responsibility as God's people, as Christians, as believers. So today, I want you to look in your copy of God's Word of 2 Chronicles chapter 7. We're going to come into a story that God laid on my heart this week and a verse that just really impacted me and and I, I just felt compelled by the Lord to share this today. I am not here to talk about the end times, and, and I'm not here to talk about how this may be uh, some plague that God has sent. That is not the part of this sermon that we're going to discuss. Who can really say an answer to those questions? But as we look at this today, we can absolutely be assured of our vital responsibility that God reveals. In 2 Chronicles, what's going on is there's a man named Solomon. Solomon is the son of King David, and Solomon has built the temple. David had dreamed to one day build the temple, Uh, but God told David he would not be able to do it, but one of his sons would. So King David, when he died, his son Solomon became king, and King Solomon built the temple they used many many materials they used gold they used cedar there was it, this thing was beautiful and ornate and we come upon when it finished when the last peg was was hammered in when the last stone was put into place when the last piece of gold was laid over whatever and everything was beautiful and shiny that's where we are in second chronicles for what happens is uh, Solomon He prays to God. There is a worship service in that place. They come together as the children of God and in Israel to worship God in this place called the temple where God's spirit was actually to dwell. So God's spirit was there in that temple. And they... Get through all of the sacrificing, all of the worshiping, Solomon prays. And then several days later, because this worship service lasted for many, many days. Several days later, God comes to Solomon. We're going to begin reading in verse 12. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. If I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, and my people who are called by not my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, Then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer offered in this place. For now I have chosen and consecrated this house that my name may be there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be perpetually. As for you, if you walk before me as your father David walked, even to do according all that I have commanded you and will keep my statutes and my ordinances, then I will establish your royal throne as I covenanted with your father David, saying, You shall not lack a man to be ruler in Israel. God goes on to say, But if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you, and go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will up root you from my land, which I have given you, and this house which I have consecrated for my name. I will cast out my sight, and I will make it a proverb and a byword among all peoples. As for this house, which was exalted, everyone who passes by it will be astonished and say, Why has the Lord done this to this land and to this house? And they will say, because they forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who brought them from the land of Egypt. And they adopted other gods and worshipped them and served them. Therefore, He has brought all this adversity on them. Father, take Your Word. Use it. Lord, may Your Holy Spirit, may it work in the hearts of people right now. You have a word for us today. May you be glorified. And may you move and change our life. In Jesus' name, amen. As we read through this, I want to remind you that if you look back in Second in Chronicles chapter 6, you can read the prayer that King Solomon prayed to God. He actually prays things to the Lord. And and in verse 26, you're going to hear something kind of interesting in chapter 6. It says, When the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against you, and they pray toward this place and confess your name, and turn from their sin when you afflict them, then hear in heaven and forgive their sins in your servants. See, Solomon was praying a prayer to God. And it's almost as if he understood that when your people mess up, don't forsake them. Can I tell you today that God has not forsaken any of his people? He's always been there. God does not move. We do. We're the ones that change the position from being close to God. So the question becomes, why would God allow such... Trauma to take place, such distancing. Why would He allow such things to happen to the church that today I'm here with just a very few people. People cannot assemble in God's house, which means that people cannot give to God's work, which means the church will suffer and people are not going to be coming. Why would God do such a thing? Why would God cause a drought and pestilence and, and, and no rain And locusts to devour a land as He put in here. That's a very, very good question. We don't want to assume that God is going to do bad things in these moments. Because God could have very well stopped those same things from coming into our life last year. Six months ago. Five years ago. God could have had His hand to prevent pestilence from coming in your life. But right now, we are faced with a time where stuff has come. And I am not here to say that God has sent this because of, of the sin of the world or that the, Jesus is about to come back. That's a great discussion for us to have outside of this moment. Right now, the word you need to hear is this. We do not have to fully grasp the why for God to impact lives. We may not understand the Why? But God can impact lives even now. Scott Hubbard said, Clouds are never the final horizon for the people of God. A storm is not the end. A storm is just the midway to the other side where things will be greater and brighter. So I want us to look at the problem here this morning. I want us to look at the problem that, that is really standing out that I see here in verse 14 because as, as God says in verse 13 that He says, If I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. There's something very key that I want you to grab in this. That if these things came, it was because the children of God in Israel had sinned. Because remember Solomon even prayed, If your people sin." And they do these things, will you hear from heaven? The answer is yes. But God says something in verse 14. Here's the problem. Listen to this. And my people who are called by my name humble themselves. Why would God ask someone to humble themselves if they were not being humble? One of the things about becoming humble, it happens when you face things like we're facing right now. When we face situations like we're facing right now, it begins to give us that reflection in our mind and it humbles us. The world has realized that they're not as in control as they thought. The things around us, we don't control as well as we thought. Who would ever have thought that we would have to have a police officer guarding toilet paper at Walmart in Oakwood? But that has happened. T.M., thank you for doing that, by the way. Keeping us safe. Being on the front lines of this. You know, we are in a position that if there's any pride left within us, it will get stripped away because of this. So the first thing that I really noticed is that the people were not humble. Because God had to tell them to humble themselves. But notice it comes after These bad things have happened. God moves in a way to take His people and humble them. And then the second thing I want you to notice is that they're praying. And my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray. Prayer here is critical because the lack of communication with God is a lack of priority and a lack of relationship. If we only pray to God when we have to have something or we need something or it's something that we use like an ATM, that's not what God is seeking for here. What He is saying is that when His people humble themselves and pray we need to be a people of prayer he's talking to god's uh, talking to his people here he's not talking about the lost he's not talking about another nation that that he had not chosen he is not talking about babylon in this scripture he's talking about the children of israel those whom he called who is called by his name if they will humble themselves and pray so that tells me not only were they not humble they were not praying they were not a praying people or God would not have told them to pray. We get so busy, don't we? We get so caught up in our life that we, we drive down the road and we're not even thinking like, like on godly things. We're thinking about the people in front of us or behind us. We're thinking about what we need to get from the store or what we got to do at work. And, and and we'll get up in the morning and, and we'll hurry and rush out the door and get in our car and go to work and, and, and we'll be busy all day. And God is in heaven saying, I've given you an opportunity now. An opportunity not to be rushing, not to be running. And He's calling us to humble ourselves and pray. This is an opportunity, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is a tragedy. It's a crisis. It's upsetting everything. The landscape of this world will never be the same as we have known it. God has given us an opportunity and He's crying out for His people to humble themselves and pray. The third thing I notice in verse 14 and my people who are called by my name, if they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, seek my face, God says. He does not say, seek the answer to look for the difference, to look for the, the thing that's going to bring us joy and peace. He says, seek my face. Don't find a solution. Don't look for the next best thing. Seek the face of God. These people going on the same thing as the other two. The people were not seeking God's presence in their life, nor His ways. But finally, when this temple was built and they're worshiping, God understands and they know that it's coming. That one day, God's people were not going to be humble. They were not going to be praying and they were not going to be seeking. You know, we can come up with some great ideas. We can come up with some ideas and, 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 and try to find ways to do new things and to communicate with people. And there are people working right now who are trying to find solutions to this virus. And We got leaders trying to figure out a way to keep it from spreading. You know, that's all great. I think it's good for us to use the brains God has given us and the imagination and the solutions that He can lead us to. But God wants us to seek His face over all of these things. So let me ask. When we pray, are we simply praying for God to remove this, to give us an answer to fix it so it can go back to the way it was, or are we seeking His face to say, God, what do you want to happen in my life right now? Because I'm telling you, all of our lives are different. (laughs) We can't do the same things we did. We can't go the same places we used to go. We cannot even go and and sit in restaurants anymore. We can't even have lunch like we used to. And I love me some food. Everybody knows that. I am starting to crave me some Mexican food like you wouldn't believe. And boy, when this thing is over, I'm going to go to a restaurant and I'm going to get me some good salsa and chips. But what I'm really seeking more than anything isn't the day that we can get back together but first and foremost, that I'm seeking God. Seeking His face, His presence, and His ways in my life in the midst of all this. And that's what God is saying here. When these things come, humble ourselves and pray and seek His face. And the last thing is this. And turn from their wicked ways. Their wicked ways. Ways, their wicked lives, the way they were living was deemed wicked by God. By God's standard, it was wicked what they were doing. Now, when we read in Judges, we we can see and we can understand that it says that the people were doing what was right in their own eyes. They thought what they were doing was fine. But according to God, these people were living wicked lives. And so, God is saying to these people to humble themselves, to pray, to seek His face, and to turn from their wicked ways. I wonder, is that what God is telling us today? Because we look across the landscape of our country and our communities as many have complained about how this world is getting. I've heard this many times Can you believe the world is the way it is? And all the things that are going on that's contrary to God's Word and and we begin to think as believers that the reason this would come is because all those people out there are so bad, God is trying to get their attention. I want you to look at verse 14. God says, if my people who are called by my name. My people who are called by my name. Here's the point. We can point fingers all day long if we want to. We can point it at those sinners or we can point it at the saints. We can point it at the the church as a whole. We can point it at the government. We can make it political, which does not help a thing if we keep pointing fingers. Here's what we need to do. We need to see where the solution is. The solution is not figuring out who's the cause of all this. All this came about because God's people turned from Him in this Scripture. It was His people, those called by His name. What are we called? What, what are we called? We're called Christians, which means Christ-like, which is God's name. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn for their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. I have a lot of hope that the CDC is going to find an answer. I have a lot of hope that there's going to be some laboratory somewhere come up with a great vaccine. But I'm here to tell you, my hope is in God. And I am personally taking this verse very seriously. I want to humble myself and pray and seek His face, His presence, His will. And I want to turn from any of my wicked ways so that He'll hear from heaven and He'll forgive my sins and He'll heal this land. The solution is not found in figuring out who's caused the problem. It's found in God's people getting on their knees before the face of a living God. Whether in your home or in a church, God can hear you. See, here's the interesting thing, Danielle. I like this. This is about the temple of God. This is where the the Spirit of God was going to come and rest and stay, Lynn. This is where they would experience God. You know what happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross? That temple that was in Jerusalem didn't matter anymore because God's presence dwells right here. This is where He dwells. It's within us. We are the temple. And God is is declaring today we worship together that He wants us to be near Him. And this verse and this story in God's Word is declaring that we as God's people are the solution. Not because we got all the smarts to figure this thing out, but because we are God's people called by His name. The responsibility we have as believers, as Christians, as being born again, the response, the responsibility is that the healing will come through God. It will come from God through the response of God's people. The healing will come from God through the response of God's people. Through our response in this crisis, God will move. He will do something great because it says very clearly that if my people who are called by my name will do these things, then I'm going to heal their land. I'm going to heal their nation. Does that mean that we, are, we have the secret? It's no secret what God can do. There is a, a great, loving God wanting to do something so powerful in the midst of all this We do not have to step back in fear, but we can move forward in the opportunities that God is providing. People are getting to spend time with their families who have said, I just don't have enough time. People are getting to do things now that they've never got to do because they didn't have enough time to get them done. God is offering to us an opportunity. The church for years, can I just say this? This is just free of charge. It's not even in the notes. Here here it comes. The church for years have, have strayed away from what the church is really about. We've expected people to show up and come through the doors, let us minister to you, let you experience God here, and then go back out and we'll see you next Sunday. Now God has flipped it upside down and said, let's go back to what I originally intended the church to be, that the church isn't about a building, but it's about the people. It's about people connecting together, being together, and caring for one another, and sharing His his gospel. The church is just a place when we come together to get excited to go do the work. Now God's put us in a place where we got to get serious about being outside, to reaching out and doing things. We have an opportunity, ladies and gentlemen, an opportunity to bring hope and faith and trust to a world that's scared to death. And we need to take it serious. Take courage for the clouds that are over our heads are soon going to pass. God will use these clouds for the next weeks, for the next few months to change lives. And we have the opportunity to help make that for the better. Our responsibility is to respond in a way as God has called us to. Nowhere do I read that they were to go out and start criticizing. Nowhere do I read where they were to go out and make comments that divide or steal or try to provide for themselves to try to fix it. God's call was simple. Humble yourselves. Pray. Seek my face. Turn from your wicked ways. Repent. So what are we to do? What am I to do? Because hope is available today. Hope is possible. And God gives His people hope. And if anybody should see hope, it should be us. What must I do? First thing, humble myself before God. Humble myself before God. Maybe, Maybe you've been in a rut for so long that you... You, you just pray with, when there's nobody around and you just kind of keep it quiet and silent and you just say two or three words and you're not really sure about how to pray or whatever it is. But here's what I want to challenge you with. How can you humble yourself before God? I don't know what that looks like, but you do. All of you do. You know what it looks like to humble yourself before God. Don't let it have to fit into some mold that you've always thought. God's taken every mold we've always thought and went, let's just rake that completely off the table for a while. How do you need to humble yourself before a living God? Our response is to God when we humble ourselves. Not to ourselves. We humble ourselves before God. One of the things that I like to do is, you know, I I like to get on my knees. And can I tell you, since I've been getting on my knees and praying every morning, I have found that my knees are more flexible and I can get around better. (laughs) That's been a crazy benefit from doing that. That's a way for me to humble myself before God. Not everybody can do that. But there's got to be something in your life where you can humble yourself before God. The second one is this, seek God, seek His presence and His will. Seek God's presence and His will in your life above everything else during this time. Seeking does not happen with just one question in a morning. It is a constant, ongoing, it is one of those things that happens over and over throughout your day. It's one of those things that will not stop as you continually move forward. You seek God's presence in everything you do, and you're looking for His will, His direction for what you do. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, it, it compels us, Paul writes, for us to set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. We're dealing with earthly things right now, but let's set our mind on things above throughout our day doesn't mean that we have to ignore everything and just forget about it. What it means is that our minds need to be set on the Lord. The third one is repent. The third thing that we must do is repent. Because God said very clearly in this verse that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. There may be some things in your life that God's getting your attention to right now. You need to repent. I dare you, double dog dare you, to ask God as you're seeking His face, as you are praying, as you're coming to Him, ask Him is there something that you need to repent for? Is there something that you need to deal with? The fourth one is this. What must I do? Join together in prayer and care. I liked that that rhymed, Larry, whenever that came to me. I was like, join together in prayer and care. I hope that can stick in your mind because every morning is brand new and it's a one step closer to this thing being over. We don't want to miss the opportunity what this brings. That is us joining together in prayer and joining together to care for each other. We are God's people. We are to reflect Him. This Tuesday at 1 o'clock on Instagram live, we will be praying together for this nation, for this crisis. We're going to be praying for God to move on Instagram at 1 o'clock on Tuesday. On Wednesday, if you don't have Instagram or Facebook and you can't do any of that or you got somebody you know, we're going to be doing it by phone. We're going, we're going to do it by where you can just call in and you can just be part of a phone prayer. We did that this past week and we're going to do that on Wednesday at 12.55 and, and begin praying at 1 o'clock. So you can join there. You can join together with other people. On Thursday, we're going to pray together on Facebook Live. We're going to go live on Facebook and we're going to pray again. There's one thing that people can, will be able to say this upcoming week is, Chicopee Baptist Church is praying. We're doing a lot of praying. The other thing that I want us to do is a lot of caring. There's a lot of people in our congregation, in our our neighborhoods, and, and in our lives that need to be heard from, especially those who are living alone. There are many people who just need a phone call. Start a network. Some people that you can call. If you need some information about somebody who goes to church at Chicopee, contact us at the office, call us, email me, email the office. We'll figure it out and get you their information. Because as we care for each other, Christ is shared between us. John Piper said, now we taste the bitter bud. Soon we can have that heaven's soil knows how to turn every bud into a flower we cannot even imagine. Soon all of this bitter bud is going to Turn into something beautiful because on the other side of this, when this is over, I think the church is going to look more like Jesus Christ than it did before it all started. I believe the the people of God is going to look more like Jesus Christ when this is over than before it started. And my prayer and my hope is that there will be brand new children of God because of this. I always give you a seven-day challenge, and and this is going to come in two parts. There's a simple seven-day challenge where you can check in on someone, or you can just join with us in praying together. You don't even have to join us as a church at the time, but just join with some other people at 1 o'clock every day and pray for this. If you need a guideline as to what to pray for, we've got that on our website. You can find that stuff where you'll know some of the areas to pray about. But join together with someone in prayer and really reach out and care for someone this week. Check on them. See if they need something. If someone needs something from the store, I know somebody who will go get it. I'm not going to mention any names, but I think I would. I will go and get something if somebody needs it from the store, if they need something picked up from the pharmacy. I know there's a lot of people who have volunteered to do that. So if somebody needs something, let us know as a church. We want to care for people. So your seven-day challenge is to check in on someone and to join together in praying. Maybe it's just praying with your family right now. Maybe it's praying with your family and and someone that you were meeting with or, or something just... Join together in prayer with other believers. And I am certain that as we look here, when God's people humble themselves and pray and seek His face and turn from our wicked ways, God isn't even saying about those who don't know Christ. He's talking about us. If we'll turn from our wicked ways, then He will hear from heaven, He'll forgive our sins, and He will heal our land. Healing and forgiveness are tied So today, that's what I encourage you with. Also, if you're interested, at the very bottom of the online printable version of the sermon notes today, there are four questions. Maybe you want to get in a Bible study with a couple other people. Maybe it's just three or four of you or five of you that can still get together because they say groups of ten and under, right? Man, that's a great small group. It's a great Bible study. Get together. Talk about this sermon. Talk about this scripture. Look at those questions and just discuss it. Do it on the phone. Do it over Facebook. Do it in chat. Do it with smoke signals, you know, or or wave your hands with answers or something. It it doesn't matter. Just get engaged in Bible study with somebody this week. Because I am telling you, we have the hope that's needed. That is Jesus Christ. This morning, as Gina comes to play, I want you to really consider where are you? What would you say if someone was to examine your reaction to all of this? What would it reveal? You know, right now, there's a lot of tests for the coronavirus, right? You, you go here, you go there, and, and there's a shortage on tests here and a shortage of tests there, and they're, they're producing more tests. And you go get tests for the coronavirus, but this morning, I want to give you a test. If someone was to examine your response and your reaction to all of this, your words particularly, would it reveal someone who is humble? who is pr- in a person of prayer, a person seeking God, a person seeking His way, someone who has turned from their wicked ways and their wicked mouth? Or would the test results reveal you haven't been seeking God? You haven't been praying. God's will and His direction has not been on your lips but it's been your particular idea of position of what you think all the time. There's a world dying out there, and it's not simply from the coronavirus. It is from sin. And they need to know that Jesus Christ is the way. We're the ones to bring it to them. So let's get our house in order first. Let's get our temple right. And let's live a life before them. I want to give you an opportunity to pray in just a moment. And on the screen right now, you can even see that if you need to call, if you need to text, you can fill out a form. We will call you back. I will call you back. I will contact you today if you just let me know. I'll pray with you. I'll answer your questions the best I can. We're here to serve you today. But where are you with the Lord? Maybe this has got you thinking that I'm not sure, Pastor, where I am. Today's a great day to turn it all over to Him in the sweet hour of prayer that we're about to have. Not for a full hour, but just a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to You today in the name of Jesus Christ knowing that across this land and in this very moment people are listening people are watching your word and your gospel go out god i pray you move on their hearts right where they are lord for the one that may have tears running down their face right now lord listen to their prayer as they humbly approach you and seek you lord forgive them of their sins Lord, right now, if somebody does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, today's the day. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. This is the critical moment, the vital moment in their life for them to ask You to forgive them, to take over their life. Lord, may You move in a mighty way right now among all Your people. And may You bring people into Your family. Father, we pray these things in the beautiful name of Jesus Christ and all God's people everywhere across this land and who are listening and watching said, Amen. Amen.